0: Hello guys, welcome to uh, Lessons from the Screen, in today's episode we are going to talk about this movie called Castaway uh, which has been uh, I guess a staple, a favorite among the travel enthusiast community and today with me the guest is Srinivas Kulkarni What's up, what's up He's a good old friend of mine, Uh, he himself is a a travel enthusiast, a survival junkie that he was just telling me like two minutes ago Uh, so, yeah. why
1: don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, so, Yash, uh, one of the reasons why I, you know, decided to come on and to choose this movie specifically is obviously because of this love for two things I have: uh, travel and minimalism. Of course, uh, travel because obviously I've been uh, to over 300 destinations across the country, uh, particularly Himalayas, and I've been uh, into travel blogging. I, I blog. Uh, I used to blog often. Now. Blogging has become podcasting. I have recently launched this podcast called Travel Tales in the Time of Corona. Check it Go out check it out guys.
0: Go check it out. Links in the description or wherever your podcast platform keeps yeah.
1: it. So, so because I am into travel, I love traveling, I have been traveling for a while. Uh, I watched practically a bunch of travel movies. Uh, And uh, we'll talk about more. I can recommend a few as well for people who don't, uh, you know, who haven't been into travel movies as much. But yeah, one of the reasons why I decided to come on, do this particular movie is because it's close to my heart from a travel standpoint. Of course, it's one of the best travel movies, but more from a survival drama that it is. And, you know, um, like there is this whole aspect of life I've been living for a while now of minimalism like you know at at my apartment also if you'll see uh, there's barely any uh, you know, furniture or any materialistic thing, things that you, you can know, see I like it's to hold a clean
0: wall behind
1: you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's one. I mean, I always try to be light, as light as possible in life as well, and that's that's one thing. From a survivalist standpoint, uh, one thing I've always done is read up a little bit about how to live a self-sustainable life. I've taken up organic farming as well a few years back. So eventually, that's my aspiration of you know being in mm-hmm. in in this. Uh, You know, in in the mountains, living a quiet life with, you know, with my own farm. So, you know, all those things attracted me to a lot of learnings, which I've taken up on the survivalism and minimalism standpoint. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: this movie is in in itself, you know, like the best in terms of, uh, I mean, there are many, many other movies which also fall in this category. One of them, another one is The Long Walk. It's also based on a book uh, but but mm-hmm. primarily, this movie falls in that category because a modern day man gets stuck in uh, in an island, self isolating like all of us are. Except you know he doesn't have anybody to talk to, other than other than you know uh, uh, a volleyball. volleyball friend. Yeah, yeah a volleyball yeah. which he names. I mean Wilson of course. So it's very interesting. It's close to my heart. So that's that's one of the reasons why I decided to come on and uh, yeah, let's let's talk about what makes this movie the Uh, you know, great movie, it has been, uh, uh, you know, reviewed as by a lot of critics, but at the same time, uh, why it's close to my heart. So yeah,
0: sure. Uh, Before we get started about the movie, why don't you tell me about how how are you passing time in quarantine? What are you doing? (laughs) How is your quarantine going?
1: Uh, Well, well, quarantine is going good. Um, One of the good things about this quarantine is, you know, it's kind of the best time to catch up on all those things that were on our bucket list, so to speak, at least the ones that you can uh, do by staying in. I mean, my bucket list is larger in terms of traveling across Mm -hmm. the world, but Mm -hmm. I don't know what happens to that. We'll know soon. (laughs) but uh, i've been spending yeah. some time at home of course work from home continues that's definitely there it's routine monday through friday mm-hmm. weekends mm-hmm. or even the time that i save in uh, traveling to work uh, to and fro i you I, i've decided to make like a quarantine task list a few things okay. that are on there on which are part of my routine of course meditation uh, working out and uh, reading up stuff, watching TV shows and all of that. But mm-hmm. besides that, I also decided that hey, let me give uh, my farming bit a little bit of a try. So I've been yeah, how's your few, farming going? pretty good. In fact, I've uh, planted a few uh, uh, a few crops, uh, okra, mm-hmm. okra is one of them and tomatoes is about to fruit so su- uh, soon then yeah i've been uh, mm-hmm. experimenting with a little bit of wheatgrass. Uh, you know it's, it's the easiest okay. one to actually make uh, and uh, once you get the wheatgrass, you can actually uh, grind it and have like a drink which is very good for your health as well
0: i think the uh, farming first question is one thing. that uh, okay i think the first question anybody would have like at least i had when i heard about farming organic farming was we live in mumbai like we live in like tall skyscrapers we have like, where am i supposed to farm
1: yeah, well, I luckily have a little bit of space in my balcony. So I've been doing that for a couple of years, just that I uh, hadn't been actively doing it. Uh, once in a while, I get these, uh, you know, bursts of farming uh, so I, I kind of do it then, but mm-hmm. this time I was like, Hey, let me just do it. In fact, I did make a whole meal out of uh, one of the crops, wow. uh, Bindi or Okra as they call yeah, it. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. I think. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that, that happened. So it's like from the balcony farm to the kitchen. I mm-hmm. mean, times like these, if you don't have groceries, you grow your own, so to speak. That's <laughs> one thing, that's one thing I've, yep. I've been doing to uh, <laughs> learn something new. And I'm taking up some online courses as well. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, some things that will be very much along the lines of what I wanted to do or what I want to do in the future. Uh, so mm-hmm. one of the courses that I'm taking on is amateur radio. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, no, I'm not. So uh, there's the uh, this is a club actually across the world. In India, uh, also in Bombay, there is a ham radio club. So uh, eventually, that's that, that's been my aspiration. So what ham radios do, or ham radio jockeys, or whatever you ham radio operators I would call, uh, are they have their own device. They are licensed to have their own radio device. That radio okay. device works on a specific frequency where mm-hmm. you can actually collaborate and talk to people it's it's like one of the most important devices in times like these whether it's disaster whether it's pandemics whether it is any sort of problems then these licensed ham radio operators come to the fore by communicating and keeping lines of communication of you know open for example okay. if 2611 uh, or for 267 happened uh, you know uh, when there was too much of flooding Phone lines went down. These mm-hmm. radio operators can actually communicate with the authorities and, you know, be helpful to give information, relay information, and pass it okay. on. Okay. Uh, of course, everybody has Wi-Fi and Twitter and whatnot nowadays. But if that goes down as well, this analog piece of information always mm-hmm. stays. So that's one course I'm studying on mm-hmm. Udemy, and the other thing I'm, I'm doing is uh, you know podcasting. I've yeah. started my own uh, podcast. I've uh, always yeah. wanted to do called Mm -hmm. Travel Tales in the Time of Corona. Uh, That podcast is basically Mm -hmm. my travel stories, some interesting, inspiring tales of people I've met across the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, I've uh, launched a couple of episodes, uh, recording a few this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's on Spotify podcast, Google podcasts, or any other podcasting platforms. Uh, Travel Tales in the Time of Corona. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's been keeping it easy, so to speak.
0: I hope you also got it on iTunes
1: iTunes, I'm still figuring out. I don't.
0: Know. I, uh, I, I think actually you should get it on iTunes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, good, uh, the saying. last
0: time that's the mistake that I did. I did get it on iTunes.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And the thing is, uh, right now eighty-seven percent of my traffic uh, comes from iTunes.
1: Okay, fact, a global I'll, on,
0: I'll, yeah, yeah, on a global average, like ninety-ish percent traffic comes from iTunes so all okay. podcasts. So I should,
1: I should take your uh, help on that for sure. I actually didn't do
0: much. I just put it on Anchor and Anchor took care of it. Oh
1: yeah, then I also use Anchor, so it should be on an iTunes. I just haven't got the time to check because I've not been logged into my iTunes account for some reason. I'll tell you
0: the catch is uh, even I wasn't able to get it on iTunes for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I just did some uh, Googling and I figured out a lot of people are having the problem. The solution is go to podcast iTunes something. Mm-hmm. And just manually copy paste the RSS feed from oh, okay. uh, uh, Anchor to that, and then great, it works. Correct. So what happens is iTunes might send some kind of feedback to uh, Anchor, and mm. they may or may not be able. So I had to- the
1: same problem with Google Podcasts before. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right.
0: Yeah. just manually submitting your podcast gives you. I think iTunes does a great job of giving you feedback on mm. what kind of changes they want you to make to the podcast.
1: Interesting. Cool. I will. That's that's on my uh, to-do list again.
0: All right. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Let's uh, come to the movie then, Cast Away. Yes, So yes. when did you watch oh. this movie the first time?
1: Cast Away? First time? I can't even remember when I watched this movie. It's, it's been a long, long time. I think I watched it on Star Movies, if I remember correctly. It was okay, on okay. Star Movies, so must be about 10 years ago at least. Oh, wow.
0: wow. So so, what is the I mean, like when it came
1: about uh, around the same time, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit after that, probably.
0: So what is this emotional connect do you have? You said it's it's one of your favorite movies. How come? So
1: uh, one of the reasons uh, for that is though we don't have enough screen time with uh, Helen Hunt. Uh, two of my favorite uh, actors in Hollywood are in that movie. Tom Hanks, obviously, he leads the movie, uh, you know, it's, it's basically on his shoulders. But Helen Hunt as well. She She's, you know, she's an actor who I have really admired, like her movies, you know, one of the other movies that I'm really fond of uh, is as good as it gets with Jack Nicholson and okay. uh, Greg Kinnear I think so uh, she's been one of my uh, you know favorite actresses in Hollywood so that's one the other mm-hmm. aspect obviously is I've been to the mountains uh, you know for the last 11 years I've been going every year to the mountains in the Himalayas and I've always aspired to live that sustainable life I've taken a lot of treks in the mountains and I know what goes in uh, you know uh, being in a zone where you have limited resources limited supplies you are kind of one with nature of course and uh, you're trying to live uh, your uh, best in terms of whatever you have at that point in time you know and there Mm -hmm. have been situations where i've also been stranded you know we've we've taken a trek where we've like a group of people we got stranded in heavy rains and we had nowhere to go and we just had to camp in a cave overnight And I Mm. really understand how that situation could be and what you could do. Like, you know, we were in a cave with rats. Luckily, we had some food with us. So we even like, you know, we made fire. I mean, of course, thankfully, we had lighters. We Mm. did not have to make fire out of the old caveman style. But uh, I relate to all of those aspects of life in general. uh, Traveling, of course, the rugged terrains and the mountain life and uh, all of that. Uh, you know, though there's this is on the you know coast, I, I relate to the whole aspect of minimalism, survivalism, and that's something which made me watch this movie I think a bunch of times.
0: Okay, I see, I see. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, I actually saw the movie yesterday for the first time. Okay. Not much of a traveling guy, to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Like, the first, I listened to that episode of yours where you were, like, rejoicing the fact that you were made for the quarantine or the lockdown. Because, you know, you don't like to go out, meet with people, you know, stay on your own. Yeah. 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 So, that's one of the reasons why you would relate to this movie, for sure. Isolation. <laughs>
0: um. I think, I guess we'll get more into depth about this when we get to that part okay. of the movie. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I really think that in times like these, quarantine right now, or when you are stranded on an island like that, hmm. uh, or you're stranded in some other desert or some desolated part of the world, I think the most important part is uh, what is your self-talk? How do you deal with it yourself? Because
2: yeah.
0: Uh, in our regular lives, we, if there's problem, we always have an excuse. We can go out and drink. We can go to a club and, and, and uh, I don't know, hang out with friends or whatever. We can do things to distract ourselves. But when you are in quarantine, when you are stranded on an island or something, you don't have those options. You can't be yeah. like, oh, this, this island is crazy. I think I'll, I'll get a drink, man. <laughs> you, you can't do that. Yeah. So comes that when, that's when things get real.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is that like, if you've seen the whole change that he has gone through, you know, like, I mean, as an actor, he went through that change. Obviously, we've seen many actors do that over time, whether it's Mm -hmm. Amir Khan, whether it's Christian uh, Bale or Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks for that matter, like the whole transformation of his body that happens because he starves or has very, very little to eat in that island. Uh, right. You know, all of those things can can be shown so much and, you know, so many things in our life that we've been taking for granted or we've been thinking that, hey, listen, uh, you know, this is something which I definitely need. I need in times like these, um, mm-hmm. whether it's a lockdown or whether you are cast away, uh, you realize yeah. how, how little you need in life to even, uh, you know, get by. And uh, of course, it doesn't mean that you stop living your life, but it's just True. the whole aspect True. of how you, you as a human being have conditioned yourself to, you know, uh, luxuries and materialism, which essentially is not that needed. And you truly understand value of life, so to speak. And that, that's very well showcased in this movie, I feel.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, the whole movie is about that, so to speak.
0: I agree. I agree. So I think one of the questions I have, the just mm-hmm. sheer curiosity is, you think uh, it was a product placement for FedEx?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Could be, maybe. So not. here's the thing
0: okay, the way the movie starts, it really seems like a good product placement, and I, I don't mind. Okay, yeah. let's be honest like, uh, we know, you know, if you want to get Tom Hanks, it's not like Tom Hanks is going to be an inexpensive actor. You have to pay him a lot, and I'm sure, like, making feature films, there's a lot of expenses, and, and there's nothing wrong in product placement. Uh, possible i'm sure that happens
1: so quite but then, often
0: uh, but then the fedex plane crashes. i'm like wait a minute that that is against every rule of product placement like i don't know if somebody yeah. does product placement for i don't know the starbucks tumbler the idea is to show that the starbucks tumbler is amazing it won't make sense yeah, if, no. if it just breaks <laughs> so yeah the FedEx plane crashes and I'm
1: like not like not like how they did it in the Game of Thrones episode,
2: Starbucks.
1: Oh possible that this might be not a product placement and they might have just chosen FedEx as part of the script and character. I'm sure they might have had their reasons why it could have been something else, but I think it's it's completely up to the script writer, the story writer who agreed,
0: wrote that. Agreed, 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 agreed. I also love how much the movie in the beginning emphasizes on clock, time, this guy's like always running out of time. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And I think being in that that, that industry, being in the dev, dev, delivery and packaging industry, it could be very well true. Like, come on, before the pandemic happened, it was very much possible to order something from Amazon before 12 at night and have it arrive before 11 in the morning.
1: Amazon Prime.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that kind of delivery doesn't happen easily. I'm sure that uh, requires a lot of people running around the clock. Yeah, which is exactly what he showcases right in the
1: beginning of the movie itself. They've shown how he's obsessed with time and all of a sudden he's in a situation where time has no meaning, you know. And he he tries his best to kind of carve out, uh, you know, first and foremost, he looks at his watch. The watch Mm -hmm. not being waterproof, of course, is shut. Uh, And interestingly, in the beginning, he talks about it to his uh, fiancee Helen that you know I will always keep it on Minnesota time or I think Memphis time. I don't know. Yeah, Kelly time. he says Memphis time. So uh, how that aspect changes completely, you know, and it's, it's interesting the way story is written that, you know, he set the sets, sets the watch at a certain time and it stays that forever. But, but yeah. the time is basically come to a standstill, whereas the world outside is moving on and living its own life, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, that's very interesting because this is one guy who's obsessed with time, deliveries on time and whatnot. But eventually. Uh, you know, he um, he has to give in to the nature and uh, you know run by the clocks Which are part of the nature whether when the sun rises the sun sets uh, So yeah, I think uh, that's a very interesting metaphor that is explored in the movie
0: i agree. uh talking about the watch not being waterproof um, There's a uh, quite a bit of tech which is uh, uh Kind of out of place, out of whack. Like I don't know, it's very unrelatable for me. Uh, it's not out of place. 1999.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think the movie said in
0: ninety-five. Yeah, yeah, because uh, when when the dead body of a copilot arrives at the yes, yeah. he, he writes rides down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 19, so it is very much possible that. She uh, writes nineteen ninety-five on the tombstone. Mm-hmm. Which means it yeah, is yeah. very much possible that uh, yeah, yeah. the movie was shot in 1995.
1: The, the movie wasn't shot in ninety five, but the movie was shot in. I crossed two years, I think ninety ninety seven or ninety eight, ninety seven to ninety nine, and I think mm-hmm. while the movie was in production, filmmakers uh, uh, used the same cast and made Water Lies mm-hmm. Beneath. So, so yeah, that's, that's when the movie was made, uh, but interestingly, yeah, the technology that he uses and he's, he's driven by the, all of those technologies and, uh, and then they all become obsolete in a sense that if yeah. he had even one of these pieces of technologies, I don't know what you would do in an island, you know, there's an interesting joke that was made by, uh, you know, the director, he was asked uh-huh. that, uh, you know, so in the story or in the plot for listeners who haven't watched uh, or who watched the movie, but who, don't remember this part. There's this one package that he uh, Tom Hanks waits to deliver, and he never opens. And the whole theory behind that, of course, which as you know, like I've read a few reviews as well, is uh, the fact that that particular package he does not open because he believes that he will go get out of this island and deliver that package himself. So it's kind of his hope or his uh, beam of hope so to speak that you know, keeps him going. You know, that's that's one purpose that he has in life. It's very much it resonates to that one other book I've read uh, by uh, Viktor Frankl, A Man's Search for Meaning. You know, that book is about this one guy uh, who survives the Nazi concentration camps in World War Two, because wow. his sole purpose obviously was to survive and see the light of the you know, uh, uh, end of the tunnel, so to speak, and be alive and he survives that particular era. So mm-hmm. there's this hope that he has to, you know, uh, go out there and deliver that package. So the joke was, uh, he said, you know, people asked him, what, nobody knows what was in the package, but there is some okay. theory around it. But the director was asked what was in that uh, package uh-huh. and you know, the joke he made was obvious. I mean, you could never know. What, what, what it was. But he's like a satellite phone was there. <laughs> that in was there. <laughs> I mean imagine that. Satellite phone. That da, yeah, would phone have sounded real bad. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> um
0: so, yeah, yeah, but, but anyway, I like anyway, right? the way the
1: movie is filmed. <laughs>
0: I actually found some location. pieces of tech which are very interesting. You know, I jotted down yesterday. Mm-hmm. So um like what? Yeah, like like watch, watch. Uh, In the plane, when he wakes up, he, he takes off his watch before washing his uh, face, Yeah, which is something I've just never done. Like I'm too young to own a watch that was not waterproof. <laughs> so, like I personally own oh, yeah, a, yeah. a very inexpensive Titan watch. I mm. wear it. I have worn it in the rain. I've worn it uh, while running. I've worn it in the ocean. I've worn it in the pool. And it's, mm. it's almost three years old and it hasn't died on me. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm really blown away by the fact that a watch that didn't even cost 1,000 rupees hasn't died on me yet.
1: Well, well, I, I relate to what he's doing, obviously. There was a time when I used to be a watch salesman. And I wow. knew for a fact that if you take that watch in the washroom, he's going to die for sure. So I know how those <laughs> days were and the pager. I still remember like, you know, I had a pager way back in 1999. I I used to like actually my mom had had it but usually I used to play around with it you know you call up people you page them and you know you, the message comes to them and they call back the whole works
0: you know what I mean okay um I have actually so yeah, never owned think, a pager yeah. as you might guess I yeah. have never owned a pager in my life also <laughs> um. And they pull out their diaries for changing their uh, plan, their, their schedule. And schedule. I, mean, I have uh,
1: Google calendar then.
0: Yeah, like, like whatever calendar, man. Like, I don't know, whatever calendar app you use. Uh, I've never used a diary to, to legit like me uh, schedules or something. I, I only use them to write notes.
2: Hmm.
0: And that's actually, I have that's... a lot of friends who don't use that as well.
2: Our parents used all of those and
1: we know why. Yeah. So that that Yeah. So what do you think about the overall uh, you know like the moments that he has of success, small, small little you know, moments of success he has on that island. What well, I, I think that whole journey of you know him progressing from the fact that okay, it's it can be in a couple of days I might just get rescued or whatever to knowing the fact that i'm here for a long long time like you know i think uh, that is what
0: he does i think that is where the movie according to me uh, missed out a big opportunity the fourth <laughs> wall break or uh, or the the realization in simpler terms the realization of okay the help is not going to come i need to build my own raft and i need to go out i need to go out and look for help uh that moment of realization is not big enough or is not shown as as big and as huge as it could have been, in my opinion. Hmm. Hmm.
1: No,
2: I mean I, I think
0: didn't... he's waiting.
1: He's waiting for hmm. something or the other. It shows it's it seems as though he's waiting or like he tries in the initial stages by writing help on the beach then making a whole series of those uh, wooden I mean those three logs that he makes help out of Mm -hmm. then uh, Mm -hmm. for some reason he meaning I think the reason why he even decided to um, actually light a fire was probably because he didn't want to eat raw food or raw fish or whatever I think that could be at the back of his mind uh, because when he does end up you know like rejoicing the whole moment of lighting or you know, creating fire, he does nicely barbecues or whatever. Like you know, he uh, makes his meat, you know, to taste a little better. I would say, yeah, because yeah. he's he's got plenty of salt in the sea. For sure, doesn't <laughs> need to worry about that. But uh, I think that moment uh, of his um, was was very interesting. And like you said, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, it's not like shown as though that he has to desperately get out because he's made acceptance after a point in time that you know, I've tried everything even in, in the middle of the movie or early parts, mm-hmm. he sees some light, maybe it's a ship which is far yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows it could also be the ship which is at the end of that search grid that they had shown like maybe. what Helen Hunt shows him at the end. Yeah. Uh, and And you know, he realizes that he cannot reach out to them because you know, they can't see his tiny flashlight or even hear him. He just goes on yelling. Uh, so yeah, so I think uh, that's that's when he accepts probably that, you know, I got to wait for a long time here until the time when he sees that, uh, you know, Baker's Field, uh, I think it's a door of sorts uh, from the plane uh, that comes across the shore. And then he realizes that, you know what, I can make a raft out of it. or. It could make mm-hmm. like a sale it's, it's probably for aerodynamics that he uses it and that's when he oh. realizes that you know what i gotta get off this island and i can do this as well so I agree. that's until I agree. that time i think that's probably part of the script and that's how they have shown
0: it i also think uh, the part when he climbs up on the top of the mountain for the first time and he looks mm-hmm. around and gets a scale of how small the island is and how uh, it's completely inhabited mm-hmm. I think that is when it really hits him hard. Like you can see on his face, like, Mm -hmm. like that is the face of a man who just realized that he has been far, like really far. Yeah. No, because in the initial,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. In the initial stage, he's like, help, help anybody there, whatever. In fact, when the, uh, the coconuts start falling, he thinks there's somebody or Mm -hmm. there's some animal or whatever, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of perspective they've given us the the, the, the the whole story is kind of mm-hmm. that way. But eventually, of course, it's, it's a spiritual journey more than just his journey of escaping spiritual mm-hmm. journey of how, you know, he introspects about what he's done in life or what, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what are certain things very interestingly, though, uh, in movies like these, or if you like if you've seen lost the TV show, mm-hmm. you know, a majority mm-hmm. of the times you will find the uh, movie or the storyline going into flashbacks. Surprisingly, that has not happened. You know, the, yeah, there's uh, there's the very little flashbacks. Engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think pra- practically none, I suppose. Once he's landed on the island, I don't think any flashback is there. Yeah, so
2: there it's isn't,
1: there it's isn't. kind of. There, there is, isn't. okay. Like, but very little. No, there so isn't. That's what I'm saying. There is, there is none. Huh, there isn't. Okay, okay. Yeah, so. The point of that is the whole aspect of how the movie makers want to take you through that journey of, you know, living that life with him so that you don't have to actually go back into flashbacks or whatever. very little of his life, even before the movie and after the movie, which you spoke about early on, that, you know, that is something which is not uh, from a storyline standpoint, I would, you know, if I'm a first time viewer, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I, I guess this whole movie is about him in that island. So I don't really need to know much about him uh, or his early on life or the life. That I happened. think the
0: first uh, I I remember very well. Thirty two minutes is the mark when he yeah. washes up on the beach. Okay, yeah. and I think those thirty two minutes early first thirty two minutes of the movie are very well spent. Uh, too, it helps us as viewer build a lot of. Empathy for Tom Hanks, for the character.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because uh, when you see, uh, uh, like, I don't know, man versus wife, Bear Gates, often it often yeah. starts with a disclaimer that, hey, you know, he he knows what he's doing. He's been in the army or whatever. And uh, though it, it is made to look like he's alone, he's not alone. There's a camera crew with him. There is help just standing by. So don't don't do mm. this at home. And then, like, he's dropped yeah. in the middle of nowhere with a helicopter and then it starts. So what happens yeah. in that is you don't build any empathy for their Gates, Okay. Anything but opposite. Anything but opposite. Like you are like, dude, he knows his stuff. He's a pro. That's a uh, different on- format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get get it. Like that is completely educational. Whereas this one, uh, in, in the movie, because of those first 30, 32 minutes, you build a lot of empathy for this guy. You really feel for him. And I think that's a that's an important part in the movie.
1: Mm, true true Like I and af- as the movie progresses I think one of the interesting things that comes across as yeah, very yeah. very uh, gripping and stark is his relationship with Wilson I mean everybody knows about that that's like the most talked about thing in the whole uh, movie community or you know uh, people who are talking about this movie everybody de- does talk about uh-huh. his relationship with Wilson and how that pans out Uh, That that's very emotional and that's very interesting because if you are in a situation like that, like of course, uh, you know you would definitely end up doing, uh, you know, making your own imaginary friend of sorts. Mm. (laughs) Definitely bound to happen.
0: True, true that, true that. Um, But as as good as the movie is, I think uh, they have taken they have definitely taken some creative liberties with things like. so before the plane crashes, when the plane is about to crash, uh, a pilot stands up and uh, tells uh, Tom Hanks to sit down. I don't know. He's shouting something, but there's too much noise. I couldn't figure out what he was trying to tell. You. But he's he's trying to tell uh, Tom Hanks something about sit down, put on seatbelt, or something.
1: He's trying to say safety, put on safety, get your, uh, the thing, the, the vest. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he also gives him the boat. Like the lifeboat that uh, he. But it's surprising, me. you know.
0: So this is when the plane jerks and this guy's head gets hit in the in the roof of the plane. And, then mm-hmm. lying down there and I'm like, um, doesn't make sense. Why would a pilot? Stand yeah, no, but it's
1: not an ordinary plane, right?
0: It's it's a it's a cargo plane, FedEx plane.
1: They have their own liberties for doing all of these. I agree, plane. but I think
0: be. I think uh, the laws of aviation are the same, and I also think uh, a pilot in a situation like this i don't think he would get up from his seat and be like hey, you 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 sit down you, you put on your life vest that's like uh, i don't know that's that's definitely some creative liberty no if you notice there I are would. four co pilots three co pilots and one pilot in that yeah i think i don't understand aviation well enough but i found that very interesting why <laughs> four pilots yeah. uh, like it would make sense if they had uh, two sets okay there's like to cap, captain first pilot and a flight engineer and there is this, this another set of captain first pilot and flight engineer who would take over when the first crew would go to sleep.
1: But there are right there are if you see carefully there are two uh, so there are two pilots and there's one who's injured and he's fallen down and then one sitting on the other side so there are actually four people there are two like one pilot like two pilots and two co-pilots in there yeah but i, I think no, that's really like little, an old plane I mean, that needed
0: three people to fly it i'm not sure yeah, it well, seemed like it's an old plane that needs three people to fly it. if i'm uh, not wrong these it's days there is no plane, plane. Right? i don't know it's it's kind of crazy like let's say even we don't know well about enough about uh, pilots and planes to know how many yeah. pilots they needed other possibly, creative liberty possibly. yeah another creative liberty that i noticed is uh, the plane was down okay Mm. Uh, Tom H- Tom Hanks comes up because he's Tom Hanks. He's not supposed to die in the movie, so not that early on. So he comes up mm. uh, with a boat, and the engine is still spinning behind him. There's like a lot of jet engine noise when he comes out, and a oh, yeah, yeah, minutes yeah. later, you see that the there's propeller behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, no, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, as far as I have uh, studied about airplane crashes. One of the first things that turn off are the jet engines because they are literal gas does ah,
1: But in this, it does not even turn off, right? What happens is it crashes and it goes mm-hmm. nose dives. It nose dives
0: actually. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. so what happens in, what, as far as I know, like, I'm no expert, but in a plane crash, uh, the first thing that automatically turns off is a jet engine because they, they just need a lot of fuel. And the moment the plane crashes, the, the fuel supplies turn off, the, the jet engine just cannot sustain itself. It's like a like, like car engine would sustain for like a few seconds, like 30-40 seconds, even if you turn off the ignition. A jet engine just consumes so much fuel that it cannot. That's that's what I know. Like I could be on. So yeah, I, yeah. I thought that was kind of creative. Liberty. Also, the, the jet engine just blows up like a few seconds later. I'm like, generally, play engines don't blow up. Like if you see the wreck of... Uh, planes that have crashed in real, like you will say jet engines are so robust, like the core generally ends up at the bottom of the ocean in one piece. I found that like, maybe they took some creative liberties there.
1: Possibly, possibly. See, the thing is, uh, interestingly, uh, Mm -hmm. I I saw this meme that was floating around and very relevant to the COVID times as well. One thing I will never do is travel with Tom Hanks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because in this movie, he, of course, the plane crashes, then there is uh, Apollo 13, which was also a failed oh, yeah. uh, Then uh, there is uh, obviously a terminal
0: where he struggles in a know in in yeah, He'll probably get you a <laughs> don't travel with him. That's, I guess, the take
1: <laughs> Yeah. And in one of these other movies, he's uh, captured by the pirates. And, yeah. and one, oh, yes, he yes. almost crashes a flight. So yeah, he's
0: he's been all of those. Yeah, so I guess that's the uh, that's the podcast for today, guys. Don't travel with Tom Hanks. That's your takeaway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Other than that, I think the movie is the movie is really good. They had a lot of great concepts. Um, as I was yeah. telling you on the call before this, I think they tried to touch on a little too many things, and uh, ended up not being able to do. Uh, a great job at, at mm. all of them. Like, I think the first, so I think I can break the movie in four quadrants. The first quadrant is uh, pre shit is uh, before, before he takes off on the plane, before the plane, yeah, crashes before this. Um, the
2: yeah.
0: second quadrant is when the plane crashes, he washes off the shore and he you know, writes help and and he's still fairly optimistic and everything. The third quadrant is when you just see. Uh, many years later, he has long hair and everything, and grown beard, and he's trying to make the raft. And then the fourth and final quadrant is when he gets back to land, when he gets back to home, and he figures out the world has moved on. His fiance is now married to someone else, and everything. Uh, yeah, she
1: actually faints when she comes to know that he's back or he's alive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is like wow. Oh my god! And that's such yeah, yeah, effortless acting I would say she just drops on the floor like nobody's business. Uh, I think you know uh the other sure, like that I really a... um,
0: sorry yeah yeah like if you are in her situation you would be like what is this Aikta Kapoor serial? <laughs> like are you me here? <laughs> what is happening?
1: Yeah yeah of course that's that's so I mean that was one one part of their relationship i mean yeah it's like you know you can't do anything about it you know uh, of course uh, her husband who's also his dentist so to speak uh, he small comes in i guess him. <laughs> small world yeah <laughs> but yeah it's possible you you see these kind of things happening in real life for sure this is nothing uh, but he I I mean, it's shown, right, that she wanted to come and meet him, but uh, his her, her husband, uh, you awesome. know, yeah. tries not to get him to meet because of the emotions involved and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And probably a little bit of anxiety on his part. Yeah, a little but bit I of maybe, I, I don't know, insecurity, I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the word I'm looking yeah. for as well.
1: But uh, but if you look at how he goes back to her house on a rainy night and she's like awake and waiting to meet him and I think I feel yes in a way they got closure because you know it's it's beyond the part where even when you know uh, like first off it's a little awkward when he goes in and then he just talks to her about her past whether she actually became a doctor or not or you know got her PhD or not. But the most interesting part is when he gets his car and he's about to leave and the whole genuineness of about, you know, this is something which is uh, foreboded very well and uh, uh, I you know, kind of uh, set up before. When he says, I'll be right back and that kind mm-hmm. of is used at the end when she says, you said you'll be right back. And then he's like, yeah. no, no, I'm sorry. It's mm-hmm. this kind of closure. I think that is a very, very interesting moment in that particular movie. I think I love that scene course, as well. Beyond that also, they kind of... Um, You know, uh, she comes back and tells him that, you know, I love you, you're the love of my life or whatever. Mm -hmm. That part of the movie was very, uh, you know, like, that gives them the closure that they probably wanted. I agree, I agree, I agree. agree. But what what was your moment in the movie that is very, like, sticks with you sort of moment? Mm,
0: The kind of moment that really sticked with me is... uh one of the uh, I I think I have a few one of them is definitely the time when he goes up on the top of the mountain for the first time and he finds Mm. out how small desolate that island is and there is no help uh, coming from that island at least Uh, that is one okay Uh, the second is uh, is I think you know the scene you were telling me when he goes to her place at night and and, uh, Mm. Um she tells him that you're the love of my life, etc. etc. Everything. Then he they get in the car and then he tells her, Listen, you'll have to go. I think that's a very touching scene and a very pragmatic thing, uh, thing to do in that situation. Mm. That uh, yeah, Can't I do don't feel each other and but everything, yeah. but yeah, now you're married, you have kids, and uh, it would be a rat's nest for those kids to be honest. Uh, more than anyone else if <laughs> they both came back together, like it would be the biggest mind blow for the kids. They would be like I don't know. That that would be yeah, an absolute... I don't absolute, think that's going to happen uh, if, interesting, uh, interesting. When you think from the perspective when these kids grow up and everything it would be a real mess for them. It would be a lot of emotional drama hmm. a lot of instability for these kids. So yeah,
1: and and also kind of the like families is in general, the families involved, if you see. No, I don't know if you've seen this TV show. This is us. Have you? No, I haven't. No, no. Ah, you should watch it. It is, it is very complicated in this whole aspect of, you know, relationships between parents, kids, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. divorces, husband, wife. There's a whole mix of emotions and how it's handled in a very mature way. Uh, okay. You know, like I could see Tom Hanks, Helen Hunt and uh, that guy. I forgot his name. He's a very good actor. But no uh, they uh, like, as characters, their future life could be very much like this is us where, you know, he'd probably go meet the kids or whatever. Like they'll have, they'll still be friends. I feel he may not move on completely afterwards mm-hmm, uh, as a character mm-hmm. for sure. I see. Um, I see. So I see. what I felt was to me, one of the most, most uh, touching or most intriguing moments in this whole movie. Of course, there are quite a few of such. One is obviously very Mm -hmm. interesting, not so, like, you know, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. heart throbbing or deep, as you would like to call, uh, is obviously the time when he discovers the ability to make fire. You know How he also gets to that process of the, you know, simple thing as using an action that is easier for him rather than, you know, rolling his uh, uh, rolling the twig or whatever, like the bark of a tree, so to speak. But then when he creates fire, he's like, you know, oh, see what I have created in mm-hmm. terms of metaphorical nature and all of that.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: at the same time, uh, one of the key things uh, in this movie are the key moments in this movie is when Wilson mm-hmm. drifts away. You know, there is this whole aspect of his own survival versus you know going out there to protect yeah, somebody yeah. to him it's become like he's a, he's a family member in a sense true 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 he true, true. tries to go and get wilson when the volleyball is floating closer to him but,
2: but as, as he realizes
1: that he has to let go let go of that raft he decides not to take that uh t- take that move because you know his true. life is more important to him than a, than a volleyball but to him, it's not even a volleyball. It could probably be his pet or his friend or whatever Emotionally metaphorically also, so I have this question: How
0: does a volleyball grow like bushes out of itself like how did that happen? <laughs> no, he just plugs in some uh, twigs and makes
1: like this nice dreadlock hair. If you've seen that happens after he's grown that kind of a dreadlock and that kind of beard and all it doesn't happen in initially, so he' trying you two to.
0: But actually yeah. these were two things. Uh one is uh, so these are the kind of things that I think if if we get we got to see it would have helped us connect with uh, the character much more. Things like, you know, when he must have cut the volleyball and then put those uh shrubs in there mm. to to simulate a dreadlock. I think uh, mm. Being able to see those yeah, things it's, made it more Yeah, but it show sure
1: don't tell, right? So it doesn't need to be there necessarily. So that other no, points where I think it, uh, the movie, was, the movie choice, went yes. too fast. Yeah,
0: I think those are the points where I think the movie went just a little too fast for my taste. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, then there are points where the movie went a little too slow. Like at the point where uh, he gets dis- the, the ship is going by and he gets discovered, that that scene just keeps going forever. That scene just keeps going. There's a ship. It crosses. It comes in the view. It starts going. It it keeps going. It keeps going all the way till uh, the deck of the ship is visible. I'm like, he got cute. I get the point. No, <laughs> no, but to be a 40 second scheme. Yeah,
1: but you can't you can't be like, oh, there's a ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's not in that zone, and that's the whole beauty of it, right? You have that. There's, there's a moment of thrill created that whether this ship will just pass him by or whether he'll actually get whether it's the end of the movie or where he'll actually get discovered. What's mm-hmm. gonna happen? How it's gonna happen? Yeah, they could have actually shown somebody and then that mm-hmm. person like, you know, getting him up and what they did not mm-hmm. did not choose to, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I guess, but the whole... So that was because that was I realized
0: that real. they didn't want to end the movie right there. And yeah. I think that uh, uh, in a way that gave them a power because uh, I saw in the time bar, in the in the seat bar in the bottom, uh, how much time is left when, when the ship is going by him and he's almost passed out. And I saw like a good 30-40 minutes and I was like, okay, so then there's a huge chance that the ship will just pass in by because there's not the mm-hmm. end. There's still 40 minutes of movie to go. <laughs> yeah. All the more all the more reason to create um, that mystery. Yeah. From yeah, a story, yeah. That gave them the chance to create the mystery. Yeah. yeah. Um but I right, think you, you know, uh, actually,
1: one more interesting thing you've seen at the end of the movie mm-hmm. where he just walks by like everybody's come and met and gone. Maybe he's had his stomach's fill or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, there is so much of food lying on his table. Mm-hmm. So much of food there's crabs, there's water, yeah, water yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, Not... it's such an irony
0: to uh... yeah.
1: <laughs> to his life, and it's like I don't care about all of this anymore because he's heard the news that his fiance is no longer with him. So that's more, you know, on his mind, so to speak.
0: Yeah, because if you see, I think that was the most, uh, that was the thing that hurt him the most. I, I felt so yeah. true. Yeah, of course. When uh, the husband comes. Yeah, because throughout the whole time, the whole time he was on this island and he was lost, like his only hope was picture of his fiance in that watch. He Mm. kept it because the watch wasn't working. There was a picture of her. That's why he kept it. And uh, all of a sudden he comes back and he finds that she has moved on and she's married to someone else now. Yeah, that's
1: devastating for him. But I mean, what did he imagine? It possibly could have happened anyways. He'd been gone for so long. Uh, So yeah, I mean, what what would you expect to happen?
0: through that. Word, yeah, so I think, but well, I think
1: overall, it's it's a very good movie. There are many such actually, which I which I said before, right? A lot of travel movies, a few travel movies beyond, of course, uh, this movie. Castaway. away, of course, uh, like Tom Hanks has done Terminal. Tom Hanks has done so many other movies, which sort of borderline travel. But some of the travel movies that I would recommend for sure, uh, you know, uh, is like I I I think it's about the time I tell tell you about those recommendations. Definitely must watch. Sure which kind of have showcases of some of these elements that are missed out, like you said, or that are somewhere along the lines. Yeah, some are survivalists.
0: Before we go there, I I think we should, uh, before we go there, I think we should Mm. really appreciate uh, the way this movie ends, like the the last quadrant that I was telling Mm. you about when he gets
2: back.
0: I think it's beautiful. I think uh, because we as people, we expect a very... romantic nice end uh, that people are just waiting (laughs) for him his fiance is just waiting for him they get married and they live happily ever after Um, and I think it it would have taken a lot of courage to Mm -hmm. not show that to instead show what they have shown the truth, the truth is that if you're gone for they they don't show how long he's gone right?
1: I don't know 3 years, 4 years, I can't remember
0: yeah, so if you go on for so long, three years, four years, five. years. Two years at least, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Depending on his hair and beard, I believe more than that. Hmm. But uh, whatever, if you're gone for uh, long enough, and you have been presumed dead, and the people have done uh, a proxy burial. Four know, years.
1: Four years. I just looked it up. Yeah. He was yeah, gone four for four years. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, If you're presumed dead, and people have done a proxy burial for you and everything. Hmm. Um. Yeah, people will yeah, move on. Life years. will move on. Cannot be. Yeah, once years you come back, four years. that's the truth. People will have moved on.
1: <laughs> Strange, but yeah. But now, I
0: think uh, from filmmaking perspective, that would have taken a lot of courage to portray that, because it's human instinct, yes. right? After you have struggled, you want a sweet romantic end. You want a sweet romantic end, like that's what we as people do, right? we, we work all day. And then when we are back home, we like to cook our favorite food or we like to have our favorite chocolate or something because we believe that is the sweet end that we deserve. But the truth (laughs) is often you will come home and you won't have the the, uh, chocolate in the fridge anymore. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Somebody else ate it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's, I think that is uh, quite admirable from filmmaking perspective.
1: Yeah, I think I like the whole aspect of, you know, being through that journey, being through that process, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. through like that hope, that survival, that is something which shows across very well. It's given, right? I mean, I, it has to happen at the yeah. end of the day.
0: Yeah. One thing you've so, yeah. noticed throughout the movie is uh, how far technology has come in terms of filmmaking, in terms of camera and audio. Um, Mm. At the beginning of the movie, uh, when the plane crashes and it's it's raining and there's thunderstorms, you can see the camera struggles. The camera struggles mm. to keep up with all the water droplets that are pouring. Yeah. So what happens if you if you take like the best camera out there even right now and you see if you if you have ever seen a scene where there's a lot of confetti being thrown around, you'll see any camera mm. struggle because there's a lot of moving parts in the frame. Uh, Same is true with Rain and uh, back then I'm sure the tech was, the cameras were not as powerful. I couldn't figure out what the movie was shot on. Um, I think it is film, but it is weird. Like I have seen movies which are shot on film which look very beautiful. Hmm. This one doesn't actually. This one has a. Very yeah, yeah, you
1: are the expert on that. <laughs> one, so, yeah. so, so, so.
0: I don't think I'm an expert. For some reason, the live just ended. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, no. It's live has a one hour. Uh, oh, okay, okay, One okay. hour okay. timeline. Anyway, so so but it's okay. We are also almost about at the end, yeah. anyways. So, so I think this cool? podcast should record it, anyways.
0: Mm-hmm. I was telling you, yeah. Um, I don't know. I saw Godfather lately. I think mm. a month or two months ago. That was definitely shot on film. And it has been, uh, when you look at Godfather, it looks good. Yes, you noticed it was shot on film, but it doesn't look like, uh, Oh, it looks old, but it doesn't look bad. It uh, is evergreen, I would say. Yeah, Even from like, uh, just looking at it perspective, just a, a video perspective, it looks really good. Uh the same I can say for Anand. I saw Anand Linkley and uh, uh, of course, oh. the, it doesn't look half as mm-hmm. good as Godfather. The no com- comparison, but uh, it looks really good. The cinematography looks really good. I can see some um, mistakes, flaws, so to speak, because it was shot on a film. This is not <laughs> like that. This, uh, That's your
1: domain, man. That's your domain. Like you know all of these things more, I for really sure. Cannot right? You would be able to pick what? on these, right? More.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I cannot exactly pinpoint on what it is or why it is, but uh, you mm. can really see the camera struggling. You can really see the audio struggling at points. Uh, in fact, mm. towards the end, you know, when he goes to her home, she takes him in the garage and shows the car of his. Uh, it's raining outside and uh, the audio really struggles if you paid attention. The rain is very Mm. loud and these guys are are not very audible over the rain. It could be the compression of the platform on which I was watching. I was watching on Plex. So it could be Mm. uh, the compression of the platform or whatever but uh, there are times even when there's a rainstorm in the beginning, the plane crashes, the thunder is very loud, the rain is not that loud.
1: Uh, Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a 1999 movie. So yeah, definitely.
0: So I don't know exactly why the camera was struggling so much, but there are points when the camera and audio really struggles and you can see it, you can see this, like they are pushing the limit of what technology can do. Hmm.
1: Possible, Uh, possible. Good man. Good. Good. yeah, I think we've probably covered most of the stuff about the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, what? Uh, so but yeah, I think overall, my my personal review is that it's definitely something which is a rewatchable, not just because of the movie and the plot and everything because of course, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one uh, reason why I would rewatch this movie. This this movie, okay. Shawshank Redemption, many of these oh, movies yeah, I are saw Shawshank Redemption rewatchable. Redemption.
0: I think even that is pretty
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you should another travel. If I was gonna say another travel movie, you should definitely watch the Bucket List. That's a very very interesting movie by uh, Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson. Both of them have played a very beautiful. Uh, you know, their their roles are amazing. The movie plotline is also very very interesting. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. 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 I see. Cool. uh? i think i think we are about done what other movies would you recommend sorry oh other movie other, other travel be? movies there are a bunch but i recommend a few uh, like top 3 one is of course uh, you know uh, this this movie is very uh, interesting from a perspective that from a travel angle actually it's very good because it uh, showcases a lot of uh, uh, it's it's a lot of trekkers, because I'm into trekking, I like uh, trekking. This this is one place okay. in Europe. People <laughs> travel trek. It's a pilgrimage actually. They all okay. the way they travel from. Uh, uh, I think they travel from some part of south of France all the way into Spain. It's okay. called Santiago. Santiago de Compostela which is basically a pilgrimage trip where basically people travel all the way from France. They go walking they'll stay in hostels and stay around you know places nearby on the way everyday it takes at least 28 days to 30 days to get to that place on okay. on your walk is essentially okay. so this, this movie is about uh, I think it's Martin Sheen Charlie Sheen's dad Art machine in that movie and uh, uh, it's his journey but it's also his self-exploration because uh, it's basically I mean it's not a spoiler His uh, this is basically a doctor in the US very famous retired doctor his son is also a doctor but his son is a nomad he wants to travel the world and travel okay. different places so okay. his son is the one who sets off doing this uh, trail uh, Santiago de Compostela and on his way he dies because something, you know, he gets caught in a cold uh, night and he basically uh, dies and then this guy comes to pick his body. And then it's his thought process of, you know, this guy died midway. So let me complete his journey. So that's the whole movie about and how he meets other interesting okay. travelers and everybody's struggling with their own personal battles while on the way. And how beautifully it is explored in this uh, in this particular movie. So that's one yeah. definitely I would recommend. And bunch of others, of course, there are. Uh, a Map for Saturday is a very interesting documentary. It's about this one guy who takes about two months off, or yeah, I think a month off from his job and travels the world. Starts all the way from uh, South uh, Asia. He basically Australia, Thailand. Then he comes to India, Nepal. Goes to Brazil. Uh, some okay. other parts of uh, the world and then he goes back to the US and uh, okay. it's, it's a beautiful documentary. This guy is a director himself so from a movie making standpoint
0: you think you'll mm-hmm. like that. Alright, alright, alright. Cool man. Cool, Actually, cool, there are a cool. bunch of others but
1: I think these two are very interesting and close to my heart.
0: Okay. How is uh, this thing Into the White? I've heard it is really good.
1: Yes. It is good but it's basically you are either like of that a genre where you would you know, I mean, it's based on a book and true story. So there is nothing from a movie making standpoint, it showcased very, very well. Okay, I read the okay. book first. So I like the book better. Uh, John, uh, the same guy who's written into thin air, which also is made as a movie called Everest. So mm-hmm. into thin air was the whole disaster of Everest, which was widely noted way back in 90s. Okay. Uh, John Crockiner, I think that's what his name is and he actually the writer himself was part of the expedition though he, he came out alive many people died uh, on Everest during that time yeah. so Into the Wild is written by this guy same guy uh, and the book uh, and the movie both are very interesting because you get to know a lot of interesting things and this is the kind of life a lot of people aspire to now and uh, you know the funny part about like actually, the movie is sad, but it's what the reality is, right? The funny thing about that movie is that uh, I don't know if it's, this is a spoiler,
0: but this is a. Uh, you watched the movie or what? Uh, no, but I don't mind for spoilers. It's okay.
1: Hmm. No, no, it, it's not a spoiler. Uh, it's it's a given, right? He de- he definitely does not survive. He's basically okay. living on Alaska, you know, in the Alaskan terrains and regions. But there's some research that has come afterwards. There is a reason why he dies, but that reason could have simply been avoided if you would have taken a little bit of another route to find some food or whatever he could. Like, you know, if you do a little bit of reading on that movie, you will realize that. But uh, yeah, the movie is all about shunning the society, living on your own, self-sustainability, but more from a societal standpoint, not from the whole standpoint of you know, uh, okay, I'm okay living like a farmer or living like a person out of society, even though I've taken up B-school and graduated. uh, uh, This guy is shunning the whole society and trying to live his life because of his obsession against capitalism, fascism, and the whole societal norms. So Uh, it's an interesting watch, one-time watch for sure. But the beauty of why this movie is very, very good is because of Eddie Vedder. I mean, all the tracks of Into the Wild. You should give them a listen. I mean, Paul okay. Jam uh, lead Eddie Vedder, he's written most of the songs and performed on of those. So, all the soundtracks of Into the Wild are beautiful, just just beautiful.
0: Okay. Um. All right. All right. Another quick uh, question. So, if you were stuck on an island like Tom Hanks was, and uh, you were allowed to take three things with you. <laughs> uh, what would these three things be? Or uh, no cheating. You cannot have. Uh, you can have your phone, but you cannot use it to communicate. So no communication tools. Like yeah, I've, I've, I've your been your asked this question you, so
1: many times. I wouldn't take my phone at all. First and foremost, I would take a Swiss knife. That's a given, right? Swiss knife is like if you are stuck in an island and you have no communication. If I was allowed any form of communication, I would still not take a phone. I would, like I said early on, I would take a radio, like a ham radio with me. That way I can actually communicate across the world. I can directly reach out on frequencies or a satellite phone. But if technology is not allowed, then I would definitely take a Swiss knife with me. Uh, a large Swiss knife, of course. Okay. Uh, uh, that's that's going to definitely help. Um, probably some probably a tent and uh, okay. and what else for I guess a few books <laughs> I don't like entertainment and art is very important in times of isolation we've realized now <laughs> so yeah see if you have a Swiss knife you could hunt you could do whatever even though I am a vegetarian if there is no option you have to eat whatever it comes your way so a Swiss knife will always help, and if you like, if you are escape, if you think there is room for escape and whatnot, then I would probably keep a flare gun. That's it. Flare gun, I would keep instead of a book. A flare gun would replace okay. a book, but the bare essentials are much, much required. I would definitely take those with me. What about I you? I agree
0: on you with a Swiss knife. Yeah, I agree with you on a Swiss knife. In fact, uh, I always have a Swiss knife. I have a Swiss knife uh, attached in my keyring. I always take a Swiss knife with me whenever I go. I think Swiss knives are very uh durable really? and versatile I have one of the the entry level ones the basic ones but the knife is amazing it, it is great quality and uh, the so is a can opener. So uh when when you see the coconut scene in the movie Tom Hanks is getting the, yeah, 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 the stone yeah. with the stone.
1: He finds realized, edge of a stone.
0: Uh, you realize you know how um, nature has evolved these things so well like an egg if you realize you can only break an egg in a very certain way like if you have like a crate of six (laughs) or twelve eggs you stand on it you can't break it yeah because because that's how (laughs) well uh, nature has you know uh, evolved these uh, these things and these knives and tools that we have are our cheat codes so, it's, yeah. it's very important to take a Swiss knife with you. Otherwise, you even won't be able to cut a, a, a coconut. And uh, I'll take a Zippo lighter with me for sure. Because I, 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 don't, it,
2: but...
0: I don't smoke, so I have no idea about lighters. But I have heard Zippos are very durable and they can definitely survive like being thrown on an island or something.
1: Yeah if you have the fuel of it though
0: oh, okay that's, that's they require catch, fuel yeah. mm-hmm. i guess if that's the catch but once you get the flame started once you start burning something yeah. there's there's no need if you're on a desolate island there's no need to put the fire out ever just burn something once and see it, it also
1: depends out. if you crash in a in the water and uh, the lighter then submerges yeah. in water then it becomes a challenge If not, then it's fine. If you're just dropped off in an island, then it's fine. But if not, then you would be better off with a regular lighter because even if it has been in the water, it will light. For sure. Zippo, what happens is Zippo has just got some little bit of fuel in it, which is basically filled. If you have a fuel bottle with you, then nothing, nothing like it. But if you don't, then the life or longevity of a Zippo is much, much lesser as compared to a normal standard full lighter with gas in it. That will probably last you more, like in terms of weeks. They'll last you two, three weeks for sure. This one, Zippo lighter will okay. last you probably okay. for 10 days. So, yeah. So next time that's when you are stranded, make sure that you I choose do. the normal yeah. light. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My thing? plan would actually be to uh, Okay, third thing.
2: I'm yeah. not
0: sure about the uh, third thing. I guess
1: uh, a, th- a third thing would be Otomos for sure. <laughs> oh man, you Otomos. I don't think <laughs> mosquitoes is going to be a problem for you that much as. But yeah, who knows? The but one yeah, thing like... I, I chose. Uh, one thing I forgot. Like, if it's a beach only, then I could I'm good because I can fish. But if not if it is like if there is like you know, forest or areas where trees or plants or crops could go, I would probably, probably carry a bunch of seeds along with me. Like whatever, like a huge stockpile of seeds. Makes then sense. I could survive however I want,
0: even if I don't have meat or whatever other food that Makes food. Sense. So I guess my plan would be to uh to set a fire on, on these, these tree parks and Fallen down leaves and like cover the whole perimeter of the island, so make a huge fire that like it's it's definitely notable. It's definitely notable.
1: Yeah, but you should probably light up the place when somebody is able to view it, like if somebody is in the vicinity or who can see it. Otherwise, it will go to waste.
0: Like uh, people might not see. see I it. think, I think if you can build a fire big enough which uh, shouldn't be a problem once you get like some fire going. And since, since it's like a desolated natural place, I'm sure there would be a lot of wood, a lot of dry leaves around. Um, I think if you like, let's say in this case, in Tom Hanks case, if he got the whole perimeter of the island, the whole beach uh, uh, lit up, I think it would be big enough that like all of a sudden everyone would start noticing. Like it would be visible from the ISS. Like, people would be like, this this weird corner of the Pacific Ocean so. has a lot of smoke coming out. Like, there, there is something wrong here. <laughs> like, I'm sure Greta Dunbar would be like, we need to go and check out There is something wrong here. There's a lot of pollution coming out.
1: Possible possible.
0: Could be. Could be. You never know. So, yeah, man, I think that hey, is all yes. from my side.
1: I think so, too. It was brief brilliant i mean i think this is good that we did it after a long long time i've actually done something like this yeah, so yeah. thanks so much for inviting me on your podcast and i hope to see it or listen to it soon when it's live yeah, man.
0: yes 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 all right man thanks a lot for coming Bye. all right thank
1: bye. you see you bye, bye. bye.